This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Straight out of the 90s. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yes, it is a 1990s extravaganza special in Studio B today on uh, this Thursday, July 8th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with 90s pop culture reference standout Jason Shepard. By the way, July 8th of what year, apparently? That's what we really need to be asking. I do enjoy, look, I am all about the pop culture. You and I, when we get together... We love to talk about the yes. pop culture. Yes. And since we're talking about 90s pop culture, come on. When you're talking about the 90s, there's a couple of guys that come to mind pop culture-wise. <laughs> one of them is Vanilla Ice. <laughs> and he and I are tight because he liked one of my tweets. I've brought that up on the show That's before. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So okay. needless to say, uh, we are both to the extreme, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Shout out to you, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice, we're boys. Uh, to the extreme, he rocks, rocks the him. mic like a candle. Uh-huh. Or excuse me, like a, a vandal. vandal. Light up a stage and watch the chump like a candle. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're back. You've been gone forever. I've been gone for two weeks. This is my first day back after a two-week vacation. You returned on the appropriate day for you. <laughs> yeah, I, we've done a lot of traveling in two weeks, but it's all been with like an, an yeah. eight-hour radius. St. George, Vegas, and Denver. So we really haven't gone very far, but I've traveled a lot in the last you two weeks. You to see your St. Louis Cardinals take on the Rockies. Yeah, we lost. Thanks there'll, for bringing that up. There will be better days ahead. Sure. Better days. Jason Shepard in his Nirvana garb. Yes, repping grunge. <laughs> repping my 90s, the 90s BYU logo. The grunge with the flannel. People were giving me looks as to why I was wearing flannel on a July summer day. Yeah, yeah. I did extensive research last night which included like 15 minutes of Google searching (laughs) the top 90s fashion trends. But I did find an amazing pop culture list. And, uh, yeah, you better believe it influenced our outfits. You have the number four most popular thing on flannel. Okay. Okay. Uh, You just need to tie it around your waist later. Okay. 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 Track jackets are number 14. The snapback hat was number four. And Air Jordan brand is the number one trend for 1990s clothing. Okay, so I know people cannot see your shoes right now. You want to, you want to, okay, now. Well, I'm going to break something. You are. You're going to pull something. Uh, okay, I had those, but I had them in the red and the black. Well, I'm I'm at BYU now. I, I work for BYU Sports Station, so I traded in my infrareds okay. when I took the job here, not a joke, and got the white and royal blue. Nice. <laughs> Air Jordan 6s. Very nice. There you go. Okay. By the way, now that this gives you a little bit of a glimpse into what Spencer was like in the 90s, but we actually have pictures. Oh boy. Of you. You want you want to see what Spencer looked like in the 90s? What? Look at that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Look at this repping the Clinton City Junior Jazz. Sixth grade throwback. Look at that. I was, top button all I the was, way. I was a top button guy in my elementary years. It's so funny that uh, you and I are not that different, that much different in age. Okay. However, the pictures that you sent in are far younger than my 90s right. pictures. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Look at the jorts and the the shirts there. There's say okay. Missionary so my, so that was '95. Uh-huh. That was going into the MTC in '95. That was my <laughs> 1989 Nissan 200SX. Uh, I'm thinking that was 93-ish. And then obviously, like I said, 95. Were those Jerbo shorts? They, they were Jerbos. <laughs> yes, they were Marité and Francois Jerbo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Eat your heart out, ladies. Man. I, I'm not sure how uh, we can one-up this show ever again. <laughs> the only way is to go with the 80s, because that's even worse. Okay, so your show lineup obviously includes <laughs> a heavy dose of the 1990s, including your favorite moments and memories if you were born from BYU sports in the 90s era. Also, was the 1990s era for BYU football more influential on the prestige of the program than the 1980s were, Jason? Hmm. I feel like that's a little bit uh, hot. Sacrilegious, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's out there. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. Also, Tim McTire and Hemahe Mooley, a couple of former BYU football players that starred in the mid-90s, will join us to discuss what they think about all that. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Elijah Bryant and the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Phoenix Suns in Game 2 of the NBA Finals tonight. Phoenix leads the series 1-0. Tip-off 9 Eastern on ABC. Alex Barcelo named as BYU's 2021 National Strength and Conditioning Association All-American Athlete of the Year. AB doing it all. He's named an AP All-American Honorable Mention just for being an outstanding basketball player overall last season. Women's soccer announced its non-conference schedule for the upcoming season. Play begins August 14th against Weber State in an exhibition matchup, followed up by the season opener at home on August 19th against The Ohio State University. Listen to this. BYU men's golf swept the top four spots at the Utah U.S. Amateur Qualifier. David Timmons and Carson Lundell tied for first, shooting 14-under. Cole Ponich qualified with a score of 13 under par, and Elijah Turner shot 12 under. Well done, gentlemen. Elijah, by the way, is the first alternate. Cougars in the minors. My guy Jackson Clough went one for five with two runs scored for the Fredericksburg Nationals against the Kannapolis Cannonballers. <laughs> we, we were talking about minor league baseball teams. <laughs> Blaine Fowler and I... Uh, over a couple of shows while you were gone, and he said that's one of his favorite. He loves things. it. Just the nicknames: the Akron Rubber Ducks, the Kannapolis Cannonballers, the Macon Bacon is the best. The Macon Bacon, I forgot about yeah. that one. And it makes you hungry for bacon. Indeed. All rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. It is a 90s spectacular. Jason, I brought up the question in the show tease. Let's dive into it. What is the more influential era when you think about BYU football and program prestige? The 1980s, highlighted by... The 1984 National Championship and a wealth of the quarterback factory with McMahon and Young leading the way. Or is it the 1990s with the Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer 
And that 1996 team that finished number five in the country, the first team in college football to ever win 14 games. What say ye? More influential era for the prestige of BYU football. Okay, the 90s were my era of BYU football. That We moved to Utah from Missouri in 1989. So my fandom began for BYU with 90s football. That's Ty Detmer and all that. Like My very first BYU football game was... BYU at Lavelle Edwards Stadium against Air Force in either 80, I think it was, was 89. Ty Detmer's, you know, 89 or 91. Ty Detmer was the quarterback. So that, that was my era, which may lead you to think I'm going to go with the 90s, but I'm not. I'm going to go with the 1980s, and I'm going to go with for this reason. Certainly the 70s did this too, but the 80s laid the foundation for everything that BYU was known for and is still known for. You had the quarterback factory. You had Jim McMahon. You had Robbie Bosco. You had Steve Young. You had all of these guys setting and br- breaking and setting NCAA passing records. BYU football changed the way offensive football was played back then. And I think that because of what BYU did in the 80s, that foundation that was laid, I think that makes it more influential. I don't know if you have a guy like Ty Detmer do what he did if you don't have what happened before in the 80s happen. So for me, I'm going with the 80s. Let's clarify something. You're looking at the graphic on our screen. It's pointing out that Ty Detmer threw for 5,188 yards, which was an NCAA record. Ty Detmer started at BYU in the 80s. Yes. He came as a freshman in 1987 and had his Heisman campaign in 1990. So technically, he he is in the 90s. Correct. But I kind of feel like Ty Detmer started to make a name for himself in the late 80s. He he did, but... Because of winning the Heisman and what he he will forever be known as a 90s BYU quarterback, at least in my opinion. So with that in mind, I feel like Ty Detmer's split up between the two. He falls into that 80s quarterback factory because he was recruited in the 80s. He showed up on campus in the 80s and spent two full years. He was dominant in the 1989 Holiday Bowl. He had Joe Paterno admittedly scratching his head like we, we can't stop that guy. BYU was positioning to win that game against Penn State in the 1989 Holiday Bowl with Ty Detmer as a sophomore driving the field only to have an unfortunate bounce and a pick six that cost him the game. But that is the game that propelled Ty into the offseason. And then he beats Miami two games into 1990. He's on his way to the Heisman Trophy. So I'm with you. It's the 1980s. If we think about just isolated things that happened actually in the 90s, it's like, oh, there's an interesting case. Heisman Trophy, that had never happened. Not all those great quarterbacks, but Ty Detmer did it in 1990. And then the first team to win 14 games, go to the Cotton Bowl. This is the only New Year's Day bowl game that BYU football has ever played in, and they won it, and that was in 1996. That was the last magical season for BYU, really, until last year, Jason. Yeah. The last one and it could have been 2001. Team. It could have been. It could have been 2001. But it wasn't. Yep. Okay, so we, we, we've, t- we've went big picture with this in terms of the eras and the most influential. Let's zero it down because we've obviously talked about really two teams. You've talked about 1984 in the 80s, and you've talked about the 96 Cotton Bowl team in the 90s. Which team is better in your opinion? Holy cow. Well, I've made it very apparent on this show several times that I think the greatest BYU football team in history was 1983. Right. Quarterback by a senior Steve Young that finished number seven in the country and were just a really bad, unfortunate turn of events at Baylor 
in the first game of the season that close to having a perfect season and maybe competing for another national championship in back-to-back years, regardless. So I think 83 is the best team. 84 and 96 are kind of a toss-up for me, but if I'm just thinking about head-to-head matchups, I kind of lean towards the 96 team winning that game, Jason. Even though 84 won the national championship, I get it. 1996 played a more difficult schedule. They were tested more often than 1984 was and delivered. Albeit they lost once at Washington, but that Washington team finished ranked. What ranked team did BYU beat in 1984? They didn't. There was not a. I know people say, what about Pittsburgh? They were number three. No, no, no. I'm talking about teams that finished ranked. Pittsburgh was three and seven and a tie in 1984. They really just were not what they were projected to be. They were probably the biggest disappointment in college football in 84. BYU, to their advantage, beat them on a national scene. That propelled them. But based on the schedule and what BYU accomplished, I'm kind of going to give the 51% edge to the 96 team over the 49% of the 1984 national championship team. Jason, BYU beat two ranked teams to close out the season in 96. Wyoming in the WAC championship game and then number 14, Kansas State. Hard to beat that. Look, I understand everything you say. I I get it 100%. I could sit here and give you all the reasons why I'm going to go the other way. I will just simply say this. Because I agree, in terms of the teams they faced, a harder climb, I agree with you that it was 96. I cannot go against a team that ultimately won the national championship. (laughs) When the end of your season results in winning a national championship, you get my nod. So with that being said, I'm going to fold my flannel arms and rest with that <laughs> argument. National 1984, championship. They, won, they won the national championship. You just can't – No argue, you can never win an argument when the other person can say, yeah, but did they win the national championship? Yeah, it's true. It's the ultimate one-upper, right? So in terms of best seasons or greatest se- – the 84th season is the greatest Correct. season, obviously. Yes. But we're talking about just pure head-to-head talent. If those teams played each other on the field – Man, that would be fun. It'd be a great game. It would be fun to watch. And I think maybe 96 wins it by a point on a last-second field goal. I I, I don't disagree with you on that. I don't disagree with you there. Let's keep things rolling on BYU Sports Nation. It is a 90-spectacular 25-year anniversary of the 1996 team, by the way. Our question of the day, in the spirit of today's throwback session, what is your favorite BYU sports moment or memory, if you were alive, from the 1990s. Any sport applies. Let's go to you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. All right. First response in from at Nick Lee 51 on Twitter. November 16th, 1991. Ty Detmer's furious comeback down 45-17 against San Diego State to tie the Aztecs 52-all and earn the Holiday Bowl bid I was born that night during the fourth quarter. Oh, wow. Doctors were mad they had to stop watching the game (laughs) to deliver me. (laughs) That's great. And I think we all understand the doctor's point of view as well. Yes. All right, coming up, from Tecmo Super Bowl to GoldenEye, we talked the best video games of the 90s. I'm looking forward to that. I want to talk about a guy who had some 90s swag when he was at BYU. Tim McTire is going to join us former NFL and BYU defensive back. What's his favorite memory from that era? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. 
protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYUSN right now, Kiki takes us through the best highlights from last season, both on and off the field. Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We are live in Studio B with a 90s spectacular of BYU Sports Nation. Yes, your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play has gone full-on retro. Plaid, (laughs) track jackets, snapback hats, jeans tucked into sneakers. It's good times, Jason. Why am I wearing flannel when it's going to be 103 today? (laughs) I had somebody ask me that on the way in. Why are you wearing a jacket? Don't worry about it. It's 90s day. Dang you, grunge people. Yes, that is the grungy Jason (laughs) Shepard repping Nirvana. I am Spencer Linton. Because I scream Nirvana, clearly. (laughs) Even though I love Nirvana, probably don't scream Nirvana. Joining us now via Zoom is one of the great players for BYU in that wonderful 90s era. His name is Tim McTire, former NFL and BYU standout, and a guy that's been paying close attention to what the Cougars have been doing. Tim, it's great to have you back on the show. How are you? Man, I am great. Uh, I'm I'm glad to be on, man. It's been a while. I haven't been on since the 96 media day, man, in person, live. Yeah, yeah, it's, this is long overdue. And you know what? We need to set the tone properly and show you something that I'm sure you're very aware of. But because it's 90s day, we've got some throwback pictures and throwback posters, one featuring you. So I, w- I, want, I want to show this to you. And then we have some questions about you standing next to the big tire. Yes. Okay, first and foremost, who's the guy who's in, the in the tires? Who's in there? I'm not sure who it is, but he was supposed to be playing a San Diego State player. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Hey, what do you remember about that day in that photo shoot? I remember them coming up with that idea, and they asked me uh, to do it. And, I mean, it was perfect for me. The tires, McTire, the title was still belted. Man, you couldn't ask for nothing else then other than the NIL. Yeah, yes. Oh, we're going to ask you yeah, about we'll, that as well. We'll Trust get into me. that for sure. I'm looking at those uniforms, Tim, and if I could pick one throwback uniform that BYU brought back, it would be the one that you had on in that picture. The royal blue, the black outline, the drop shadow on the numbers. Are you cool if we bring back those unis from 95-96? Oh, man, I'm all with it. And if you bring those back, have to bring the all-whites. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. I, I yes, sir. I don't know if you guys know the story of the all whites. They kind of banned the pants a little bit because they were showing too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can understand why uh, they might've banned them, but that that's hilarious. Okay. So, so Tim, take us back to that time. Take us back to nineties era BYU football. I said earlier in the show, that was my, that was my era of BYU football. That's when I became a fan and became aware of BYU football, and like the fandom just went in overload. It was the 90s football. So take us back. What was it like to be on the BYU football team in the 90s in that era? You, you know, it, there was two different years. When I first got there, it was totally different than 96. Uh, we were kind of just a regular melting pot then, not as diverse as it is now. Uh, 96, we got fast. Uh, 
not only did we get fast, we got a lot of attitude and a lot of JC guys. And we just wanted to win, man. Everybody was dogging BYU and, you know, old guys this, old guys that. You know, so the mentality's kicked up. We had a lot of good guys that played uh, prior to me getting there. Shamir Brook, uh, Chad, a lot of guys had experience. 25-year anniversary of that 1996 team now that we're into 2021. Hard to believe it's been 25 years, but as you look back, do you have a favorite moment or memory from your playing days and experience with 1990s BYU football? I do. Um, the San Diego State interception, that was my first interception for a touchdown, my only one, to tell you the truth. And uh, there was a guy that recruited me out of JC that told me I was too small. Uh, he was a big recruiter. I can't remember his name right now. And as I was running down the sideline, I kind of noticed him standing on the sideline. So that was super bittersweet. <laughs> Hey, too small this as you score a touchdown. That was my mentality. Too small, too slow for what? So now the teams that get probably the most uh, attention in BYU history is probably 84 and then 96. Those are the two teams that that get the attention, that everybody kind of gravitates to. You obviously know one of them very, very well. I don't want to ask you who you think is the better team. I want to ask you this question. Who wins in a game between the 96 team and the 84 national title team? 96, hands down. <laughs> Unequivocally, 96 is what you're saying. Unequivocally. And I say that because I think 96 was the most versatile team in the history of BYU. Oh, and when you think about all of the speed that you were talking about earlier between yourself and Omar Morgan, and then you got Chris Ellison in the defensive backfield, Shea Muirbrook, and the guy had five sacks in the Cotton Bowl in the first half, and he got six in the game, for crying out loud. ton of offensive guys went to the league as well. Chad Lewis, Atula Mealy, your receivers were outstanding. Sark was incredible. So, yeah, there's a real case for that. But like you said, it, it takes something special for all of those different parts to gel. What was the secret yeah. sauce that made that team gel? Well, I think after our junior year, um, I think we were 7-4. and four. We lost a couple big games. We tied for the WAC championship, but we didn't get a bowl game. And I think that was the first in a while that BYU didn't go to a bowl game. And uh, we vowed. We stayed that summer, and everybody got bigger. Everybody got faster. Um, we jailed. We hung out. Didn't matter, Mormon, not Mormon. We just hung out and worked out and ran. And everybody held everybody accountable. Although Omar was a junior, there have been plenty of games. She told me to get my crap together. Um, <laughs> there's been games where, you know, I've told Shay to get it together, and Shay told Chris, you know, and that went on on both sides. Tim, I have said multiple times, several times on the show, actually, I think Steve Sarkeesian is the most underrated BYU quarterback of all time. And he gets a lot of accolades, but I still don't know if he gets his just due for what he did as a quarterback at BYU. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily know a whole lot about him because um, he's not around BYU very much. Most people know him from his post-BYU career as a coach. As a teammate and as a player, what was Sark like? 
Man, Sark was sweet. Uh, you know, he, like you said, man, I would have to agree with you 100%. Man, he was so underrated. Sark was efficient. Uh, what Sark did, the, uh, the BYU scheme of five receivers out, man, that just fit the whole scheme. And he had weapons, man. He, you know, we had two All-American tight ends. We had the number one punt return, kick return in the nation. Then we had uh, 2,000-yard running backs. And it was just Sark was super underrated, and 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 you have to think about Sark. If Sark had four years at BYU and what he mm. what he would have done, yeah. And, and if ninety six was today, we'd had a lot of guys get drafted. Tim McTyre is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I'm glad you brought up Ryan McKenzie and Ronnie Jenkins and James Dye. You're right. That team was absolutely loaded right now. Oh. The, there's the idea of a 12-team college football playoff floating out there, and it feels like it's a foregone conclusion that that thing is going to become official and that there will be a 12-team playoff expanding from four. If this were 96, how would that BYU team fare in a 12-team college football playoff? Um, we did good. Um, like I said, we're, we weren't afraid of anybody. We had super chips on our shoulders. Uh, and. <laughs> Tupac feud of the team. Uh, <laughs> I know Derek Stevenson always reminds me every time we talk about it how, um, I, I mean, I was a Tupac guy. That, that's what fueled me if it didn't anybody else. But I, I think we would have we would have went far. Um, like I said, man, we were just so loaded in, in all phases, special teams, offense, defense. It was nothing you can really do. It was us to lose or we beat ourselves the 2020 team also had quite a few players getting drafted into the nfl they had five players including obviously zach wilson number two overall to the new york jets what was last season like as as a cougar to watch your alma mater uh have the season that they did last year oh man that was fun man i, I love zach wilson man he just has so much moxie and you know um and the guys Last year was the first time that you could not squat on BYU receivers. Mm, love that statement. Love okay, uh, let's finish with this. Name, image, and likeness and how that impacts recruiting. What, what would that have been like in 1996 for you if name, image, and likeness and you could have made money on your own NIL? Oh, man, I probably would have been in child support earlier. (laughs) 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 I know know it's funny, but that's kind of one of the things I worry about. Even both genders, and and I'll say this, there's going to be so many vultures out for both sides. Um, That's that's kind of the one thing I worry about. Um, But I I think I could have monetized off that, especially eh, senior year, especially the tire contract. I think that would have been a given. Right. You would not have had to worry about tires your entire life, Tim. (laughs) Not at all. I would have had brand new. Brand new tires on my old Mercury Cougar. <laughs> Get that man some snow tires and some rims. Let's go. All right, Tim. I'll actually do. I want to ask you one more before we go, and that is why you think BYU's defensive backs last year and this year are taking that step toward what you had in the mid nineties. 
Um, I, I think a little bit of it is scheme. Um, they they really get to Tuiaki. Uh, every now and then, he brings a lot of pressure. I think it depends on rather who's the the Warner or the uh, the, the Kyle Van Noy guy, and I think that's kind of maybe going to Udo a little bit. Um, so that they they really like they they're comfortable and they show up like it's not it's not fancy but they do enough not to lose like they don't you know what i mean like consistently throughout a game you know you're going to give up one or two that's if you don't think you are then you you're not a db and i think that they have a short memory outside of having a great coach man janeiro is uh, amazing and uh, i think they're getting to a point to where um they're going to be making plays pretty soon. Like you can see it to a point to where, you know, I expect some pick sixes um, or just more interceptions. And I think Gennaro's getting to that point. Tim, it's great to catch up with you, man. Uh, we waited too long. So we need to yeah. not wait another five, six years and, and do this on a more regular basis. Uh, we wish you the best and uh, let's talk I again agree. soon. Absolutely. Tim McTire with us on BYU Sports Nation. He's great. Oh, he's always a crack up, man. Love Tim McTire. I love watching him play. He was he was so good. That secondary was special. Yeah, it was. In the 96 team, it was incredible. It's only fitting that Omar Morgan made the play that sealed the Cotton Bowl. Like that an interception. Love that. All right, coming up, if one former 90s player is good, how about two? Next, Himahe Mooley's on the show. Uh, yes. And, uh, Jason, what's the best 1990s video game? Or even, like, the best 90s sitcom? We're talking about the important things I love this topic. On BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. He is Jason. I am Spencer. This is a 90s spectacular. Let's whip it. The Kruger Whip Ram presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. I have been looking forward to this Kruger Whip Around since I found out this is what we were doing for it. Staying with the 90s theme, we're going to start with video games, Spencer. Oh, boy. The best 90s video game is... <sighs> Man, this is a really hard question to answer. See, this was very easy for me. Really? Yes. I'm just thinking about the game that caught my attention the most. Probably I spent the most hours in front of the TV playing, and that's probably Tecmo Super Bowl. Okay. Like the of the original Nintendo yes. Entertainment yep. System. If we're talking Super Nintendo, man, it, that was when Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat took over. I used to go to the 7-Eleven up the street from my junior high school to watch kids play Oh yeah, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. And there goes the basketball Basketball the and a sweater just went <laughs> off the... NBA Jam's really fun. But yeah, I still say Tecmo Super Bowl. I played that game the most. Okay, for me it was NBA Jam. Okay. It was NBA Jam and I loved going to the arcade back when arcades were a thing. We would go to we'd go to Fashion Place Mall in Murray, and we would go to the arcade, and I would spend so much of my parents' money on <laughs> NBA Jam. I loved NBA Boom, Jam. Boom shaka yeah, Loved it. So He's for me, up. it was NBA Jam. Did you have a favorite phrase from that game? Um, he boom. can't buy a bucket. Uh, the the Boom Shaka Laka is you can't <laughs> get any better than that. Yeah. 
and the fact that BYU ultimately ended up using Blue Shakalaka. When you make three cool. shots in a row and the net just like is it's is a flame going through the net. And of course, I was always Stockton and Malone. Of course you Yes. Were. Okay, so with the 90s theme, let's keep it rolling. 90s music now. From Nirvana to the Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. To getting jiggy with it. Will Smith and NSYNC. What's the best <sighs> 90s music album band? What do you think? Look, honestly, I, it's going to be hard to go against Nirvana or Pearl Jam. It, it really is. It's going to be hard. But I'm going to throw out... Look, okay. <laughs> I just I hate admitting this kind of stuff. I just... I really... really... Let's go. On with it. <laughs> Boys to men. <laughs> I was listening look, to Motown Philly on the way to work today. Look, I'm telling to get you, in the mode. Back, Boys to men is fantastic, but you cannot ignore the rest of the boy bands that came later in the decade. And let's do not forget my girl Celine Dion. Celine Dion was crushing it in the '90s. <laughs> oh my goodness! You, you went from Nirvana and Pearl Jam. That was the '90s. It had all Celine of it. Dion. It had all of it. <laughs> How you doing, Celine? Uh, okay, if we're going with you know power ballads and incredible <laughs> female vocalists, let's throw Whitney Houston into the mix. Okay? I will always love you. She delivered the greatest yes. national anthem yes. performance in the history of the national anthem. Amen to that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not about to give it to boy bands. Good gravy. That was your jam, though. I love boy bands. Still love them. But it's not the greatest band um, how about some love for Michael Jackson? I know that he was big in the... He produced some incredible albums yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, he did. He did. MJ. All right. Now, this one that I've been looking forward to the most. 90s sitcom. Oh, because to me, there's one clear answer. And if anybody disagrees, Spencer will fight you. <laughs> he will not fight you. Come on. It's got to be Friends, right? No. They're number two. What? Seinfeld. It's Seinfeld. It, it begins and it ends with... Gerald Seinfeld, okay? Okay. That is the that is the greatest sitcom of all time. No soup for you! It's Seinfeld. It's hands down Seinfeld. The pirate shirt episode. The puppy I mean, shirt. The puppy shirt, yes. Yeah. It's hard to go wrong. I love we have Fresh Prince of Bel Air in the I list. loved Fresh Prince too. That was one that like after the day after I still it, I still watch that, that was show. Monday nights, Tuesday morning, walking to school, we would talk about last night's episode of Fresh Prince. I loved it. Home improvement? Oh yeah. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, Tim Allen. I'm gonna, let's hope that they clipped the yeah, show right there. Maybe myself. Yeah. All right, all right, coming up, we're going to move away from the pop culture and back to sports. The top 10 plays of the 90s. Plus, former BYU running back and another star of the 90s at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Hemahe Mooley makes his show debut. This is BYU Sports Nation. Look at him destroy the Aztecs. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow at noon Eastern for our BYU Basketball All-Decade Team Special. You can relive some of the best players of the past decade by watching on BYU TV or listening on BYU Radio. Again, noon Eastern time tomorrow. It's a 1990 spectacular in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to the show. Live in the studio, Bizzle. And the studio bizzle feels more relevant 
because of today's show than it ever has before, right? Amen to that. Joining us now on Zoom is former BYU running back Hema Haymuli, who played at BYU from 1992 to 1995. That 94 season was remarkable. Ten total touchdowns, almost 1,000 total yards between receiving and rushing, and a comparable win over Oklahoma, including a win at Notre Dame. So, Hema, uh, this is long overdue. It's great to have you on the show. Great. Thank you for having me. Okay, I, I want to bring up something. You were, you in a way, a poster child for BYU football in the 90s, quite literally, when these ad campaigns came out. And not surprisingly, they found you. They got you on one of these posters. So we want to rewind to that photo shoot that puts you on this picture. Catch us if you can. What do you remember about that photo shoot with Mark Philbrook? Uh, I remember I told him that's a terrible idea. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, we did it. I think it was fun. Um, and uh, I remember just being at night. We're in the practice field and uh, we tried to look athletic. Uh, I remember trying to pose and trying to make it look good. And Mark, you know, he was amazing as far as making us look good. So. Uh, that's what I remember most about that picture was number one, terrible idea. Number two, Mark made us look good. So, <laughs> so we had Tim McTire on the show a little bit earlier, and I asked him a similar yeah. question. I want to ask you this as well. What what was yeah. 90s era BYU football like for you? What was it like to be a part of that era of Cougar football? Um, to me, it was it was a... It was an amazing uh, opportunity for us to live the legacy of Lavelle. For me, the what I, what I learned most more more now than ever was the opportunity to to live in the system that he created based on uh, doing something that was drastically different than most people were doing. Right. So uh, so in the '90s, coming from the from the '80s, where my brother played a national championship. The 90s for me was just trying to uphold and live the le- legacy of Lavelle, trying to win, continue to keep the legacy going. Unfortunately, uh, my senior year, that didn't work out so well. But um, as far as uh, as far as what I remember most about the 90s, for me, it was just trying to live the legacy, trying to beat Utah, trying to maintain the consistency of wins that Lavelle has built throughout the years. And so for me, that was it. So. Former BYU running back Hema Hemuli is on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about the 94 season because that included, as I mentioned, a win at Notre Dame and then a win over Oklahoma in the Copper Bowl. Ten wins. John Walsh is the quarterback. I feel like that's a team that is underappreciated in BYU football history. Do you see it the same way? Uh, I do, but I think we we sort of uh, uh, captured or, or at least the Copper Bowl was the kind of like the peak as far as what we could do uh, as a team. Also, I think with Walsh deciding to leave after that game, I felt, you know, there was a, a letdown in a way. But the 914, yes, that was a, an amazing accomplishment, that what we did. But I, I was hoping he would stay to see if we could continue. McTyre talked a little bit about how the the uh, – the next year was amazing. I, I totally agree. What they did there was amazing. But as far as the John Walsh, he would have stayed. I wondered what that would look like also. And, and so uh, I, I would have to say. 
Yeah, it is very interesting because he leaves and then Steve Sarkeesian comes in. He's your quarterback in 95. Right. But So it's almost like ah, as, as tough as 95 was to take a step back, Sarkeesian coming in in 96 ultimately propelled the Cougars to 14 wins. So, yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind of an interesting conversation in that hypothetical debate. Now, I, I do want to say in 94 for one more moment, Kalani yeah. Fafita Satake was a freshman on that 94 team. What was Kalani yes. like as a teammate as a freshman? Um, you know those uh, Pez dispenser um, that just has energy all day, every day? Uh, I think that would be <laughs> – that would be the person I would have to say that reminds me he had energy um, all day and uh, it, it was amazing as far as anything that you wanted him to do. He was just all in. And that's what I remember most about Kalani. He didn't care what he played. He didn't care where you put him. He was willing to play nose guard or receiver. Um, and that's just the attitude that he had um, and uh, is amazing. So you missed the 96 year by a year. So you, you missed yes. being able to have that experience going to the Cotton Bowl and all that. Do you feel gypped that you get, that you were one year <laughs> off from that season? Uh, I, I do, but I think they played. The, the reason why they won is because I wasn't there. So, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. I do. It was an amazing run. They had, um, you know, they had the great schedule too. But you got to admit, um, Sarkeesian, I agree, was a underrated quarterback, and it would have been awesome to see what he could have done two years, uh, or at least a full four years. So, Hema, let's ask you this before uh, we let you go: What's your impression of the program as it stands today, and the direction that BYU football is moving under Kalani Satake? Um, I. I think, number one, the culture, um, Kalani is a different coach. He has a different style, right? So Lavelle, for me, amazing. Um, he was a genius, and people underestimate exactly what, the way Lavelle approached the game. Um, he, he made strategic decisions to, make, uh, to become passing in the midst of a running, a heavy running uh, atmosphere in the, in the game, right? So for Lavelle to make that drastic change in order for us to make to, to win was amazing so as far as I'm concerned Lavelle was a, was a was a genius in that regard what I'm seeing now with Kalani bringing in and the aspect of the game to, to try to match up and, and, and compete with other teams um, I, I think is is great he's a he's a people or a player coach as far as bringing the best out of his players I see that as far as uh one of his main core competency as a, as a coach. I see that very well. And I think that's one of his strengths is bringing out the best in, in players. I think recruiting too is tough. We're not a power five team and he's been able to get good players here. And as far as that's concerned, I think there's, there's, those are the main things that I see. I'm, I'm very optimistic. I think that there's great things for us in the future. And I'm very um, glad that Kalani is uh, at the helm and he's doing a great job. We so. need more Haymoolies in the program. I'll just say that to finish up. Uh, you're you're very under, not on your good game today, my friend. So. <laughs> Emma, it's great to have you on the show. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate the insights and right. the uh, recollections. Thank you. Hema Hemuli, former BYU running back from 1991 to 1995. It's good to talk to him. It's great to talk with him.
All right, coming up, our elite voice of the day. And the top 10 plays from BYU football in the 90s era. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can always download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Okay, I'm super excited about this. (laughs) The top 10 plays from the 1990s for BYU football all started off at number 10, rewinding to 1994, Jason. BYU and Arizona State. The great tight end, Chad Lewis. Watch him make a play. Just pitch it to Jamal Willis. See you later. 70-yard touchdown run. Improvising in the moment. See Lou. I love that play. Number nine, taking us all the way back to 1990. And this will not be the last time you hear of this game. Check that out. The one-handed interception in the end zone. Irvin Lee, what an unbelievable INT and an unbelievable win for the Cougars. Oh, silencing the heralded quarterback, Craig Erickson from Miami. Number eight, 1991, BYU-Utah. Ty Detmer, Eric Drage. 97 yards. Check out my taillights, kids. How do they look? Longest pass play in BYU history right there. Number seven, the 1996 WAC championship game, which I just found out you might even be able to see a young Spencer Linton in the crowd. Owen Pochman kicked that ball over my head in the stands at Sam Stadium. 32-yard field goal by Pochman in overtime for our play number seven. Number six, back to the Miami dramatic win. Irvin Lee, not only intercepting passes, but break up on fourth down. That sealed the game. He was monumental against those Miami receivers. That Miami team, by the way, finished number three in the country. They finished the season number three. Staying with the same game for play number five, Ty Detmer. The incredible scramble finding Bellini in the end zone for the four. Look at this. Look at that. You cannot tell me that the man cannot escape from pressure. Finding Bellini, look at that, right uh, in the end zone for the 14-yard touchdown. Ty Detmer showing off all the skills on that play. Pocket presence was something remarkable. And he's not big at all. Oh, the touch on the pass. Look at that. Number four, 1996, BYU-Texas A&M. Steve Sarkeesian, KO Kalalui with the KO punch. 46 yards. BYU wins 41-37, knocking off the 13th-ranked Aggies and starting that 14-win campaign. That was amazing. His pigskin classic. His slide, that is iconic to me. That is an iconic memory for me to remember his slide in the end zone. Give me those uniforms. We've got some of them on the desk. Yes, we yes we do. Speaking of KOK Alaloui, for play number three, we go to the 1997 Cotton Bowl. Steve Sarkeesian, the 28-yard touchdown pass Woo! to KOK Alaloui to win the game. The pump, oh yeah. One of the best wins ever for oh, the BYU Cougars. Look at that. Route. And a perfectly placed 
ball by quarterback Steve Sarkeesian. They took advantage of a young cornerback who had to come into the game because of an injury. Great play call, great awareness. Sarkeesian lassoed that, baby! <laughs> and I love the bookend moments yes. for K.O. Kalalui. First and last games. And then number two, oh, game-sealing interception, Omar Morgan. That's probably the loudest I have yelled ever other than the Las Vegas Bowl as just a fan. That was so exciting because you thought, oh, no, is Kansas State going to take this away from BYU in the last moment? But Ed Keel makes the call at the line, says, hey, 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 hey. He recognized the play and tells Omar Morgan they're running a slant. They're running a slant. So Morgan gets tipped off by Ed Keel, the linebacker, makes the play. Our number one play back to the Cougars and the Canes in 1990. Detmer to Salido for the 7-yard touchdown to beat my... Look at that. Buy in time, buy in time. Look at this. Again, the scramble. Watch the two defenders run into each other. Pump flake. The two defenders running into each other. Goes one way, throws back, touchdown, Cougars win. Top 10 plays of the 90s. I'm so happy right now. I'm just in in such a good mood right now. It's been a really good day. (laughs) Our question of the day. Maybe after you watch that, it's one of those. (laughs) The spirit of today's 90s throwback show. What is your favorite BYU sports moment or memory from the 90s era? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Bob Gertz on Twitter. The Miami game. 1990, third quarter, eight minutes to go. Miami up one. It's fourth and one at their own 44. Momentum in the balance. Rich Kafusi gets small, then he gets big and wraps up Miami's runner for a loss of one. BYU gets the ball. Anyone watching that night knew BYU had a legitimate shot to win after that play. I love how specific that is. Fantastic. It's great. All right. Today's rise and shout-outs presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Uh, one for Billy Nixon. Yes, who is uh, the equipment manager for BYU football. Hooking us up with these jerseys from the 90s. The helmet, the jerseys. Thank you, Billy. Thanks, John Swift, for making this happen today. Really fun show. As well as everybody, players, coaches, everybody involved in those great 90s teams. Rise and shout out to you as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest, Tim McTyre and Hemahe Muli, and you for taking that picture, Jason. Nobody nobody appreciates that. For Shep, I am Spencer. <laughs> shout out to all of the Hey Moolies.